I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. We need as much money as we can. This is the Press Box. The age difference on this show. With Grady and Bischoff. I'm glad you're the one that went in on the details of how my No, come on, I'm feral. Here we go. It's a Friday. Ed, Tyler, Lindsay running the show. Jared's bopping around here somewhere looking for phones and other such things. I've probably seen him outside the window here waving here in about a two seconds. Lindsay, you lost your phone already? Yeah, it's been a pretty hectic morning. But you know what? You can't just show up for the press box. There's a lot that goes into the, the bells, the whistles, <laughs> <Really>? the talents. <laughs> so, really? you know, I just want to make sure I'm putting the best foot forward. And sometimes that means you lose your yourself in the sauce. I think your phone's more important. No, it's not. Oh, well, if gosh. I want to get in this building, it is. Exactly. You got it. That's your key card. You get locked out of the doors pretty quick here. Lose the phone, it would be over. Yeah, that's right. Life would be over if we lost the phone. Uh, probably the most important thing I own. Get oh, 11 yeah. hours of my life back every day, well, though. No, nah, you don't need that. You drove like five hours to get a hamburger. I know. I almost did it again yesterday, too. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, is it in I'm another so, art district? I love avoiding life with adventures. You're like, I have to drive two hours. I can't I can't do anything else but focus on the road here. Was that another uh, art art district, or is that just to get the burger this time? Oh, uh, no. that It's always a, a hand-in-hand proposition. I'll, if I'm going just to Culver's, I would probably drive to Bullhead City. Oh, they have one? Yeah. Yeah, they have one. It's like right over the river through the woods that aren't there. Apparently, there's a Perkins there as well, but I have yet to find it because I want some French silk pie. That's Perkins. the best. Oh, yeah. It's a breakfast spot Last for the Midwest. time I heard about Perkins, Tiger Woods was going there for pancakes. <laughs> Is that what we call it these yeah. days? Well, I mean, that's I think that's where he was going for pancakes. <laughs> oh, tremendous 12. Loaded up. It's like four pancakes, hashy bees, get like three slices of bacon, eggs, and wheat <laughs> You're toast. You're all that? No, I, I'm more of a sampler. I almost never finish. Like, I'm not a clean plate club person. Clean plate club. I'm an only club. child. I didn't have to be pushed that way. <laughs> <laughs> you learn different lessons. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do I even hit? I don't even remember. One second. Oh, what is it? <laughs> there it is. Oh, God. Why is it working? There we go. <laughs> Will the Raiders score this weekend? <laughs> hot take, 21 or more. 21 or more? Hot take. That's not that hot of a take. They should score a lot of points. <laughs> I think it's a hot take. They scored zero last week. Nah, they should score a lot. Uh, the Jags don't have a very good defense. That's so, true. Now, neither do the Saints, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they shut them out. Um, this is... Okay, in all seriousness, the team is 2-5. and five. And before last week, the offense had performed fairly well, right? This was a top sure. half of the league offense, yeah. probably pushing top 10 in a lot of overall stats and, and analytics. But you have the zero point game. You have the worst game by EPA in the entire season so far. And it dramatically shifts the narrative. I, I think they're scoring points this weekend. I would be quite stunned if the Raiders don't put up like you two said, and six Jags, 21 or more like they, they should be scoring points in all. If they end this game with like 13 points, we're probably having a very serious conversation. Well, I won't be here, but we're having a very serious conversation. Lindsay and I are Monday having a conversation on Monday. We'll take it on. About either the head coach or the quarterback or the wide receiver or like if they score 13 or less or something like that in this game, what would that, that have been two weeks in a row against bad teams, not great defenses. Who struggled and not way. scoring. So I'm with you. It almost has to be has three to be touchdowns, 20, four right? touchdowns, or something like that. Especially doesn't mean they'll win. 
does not mean they win, especially coming off last week, right? You put up zero against New Orleans. This entire week just has to be about, all right, what the hell happened? And how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? And scoring points should be what happens this weekend. Um, but for giving some predictions that are non-score related, is there another Mark Davis, Josh McDaniels meeting after this game? Yes, and they're high-fiving. <laughs> yes, they're high-fiving. So less of a meeting and more of a... More of a celebration. <laughs> they're going to be celebrating <laughs> after the game. And, and the meeting's going to last about one minute. We don't know what's happened in those meetings, obviously. Uh, they've both come after losses and one after the worst loss of the season. So we can assume they're not exactly happy meetings. They're the owner looking for answers or something. What do you think would actually cause another Mark Davis, Josh McDaniels meeting after this game? I mean, like, another pathetic performance. But like, let's I'm say wondering if, if they lost by like two, does is there a... Well, he always, put it this way, Davis always goes to the locker room. Right. He, he always goes down there. We see him all the time. Sometimes he just goes in, talks to players. Twice he's gone in and talked to McDaniels. So no matter what happens, it wouldn't shock me if he goes and talks to McDaniels. Right. Again. But it's, right? is I mean, it a 10-minute meeting delaying Josh McDaniels' press conference, which is what's right. happened twice it, before. It's happened twice already. I'd be curious to see like if, if, there's, if any loss pushes Mark Davis into doing that or if it's just, hey, another embarrassing loss because... Another embarrassing loss. Not going to be very good for them. So, actual game itself. Which quarterback plays better this year, Derek Carr or Trevor Lawrence? I think Derek Carr does. I think he bounces back. I think I think Derek Carr plays better because I think they're going to score points. And I haven't been impressed with Lawrence. I, I'm, I'm looking at his numbers here, 62%, 230 a game, 10 and 6. He's holding it um, too long. That's what I've yeah, heard. Yeah, I mean. he's not. He, he's not checking out of, like, extended pockets and getting sacked and taking sacks in situations that he shouldn't be. Long pause there. Uh, (laughs) Here's I'm going to just give you some compared numbers here. Derek Carr this season's completed 63% of his passes. Trevor Lawrence has completed 62 and a half. Derek Carr's thrown for 231 yards a game. Trevor Lawrence is thrown for 230. Derek Carr's thrown nine touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence has thrown 10. Derek Carr's thrown five picks. Trevor Lawrence has thrown six. How many fumbles? We've got a lot of analytics to break down quarterbacks and Carr is better than Lawrence in most of those. But there has not been a very big difference between Derek Carr and not Trevor in Lawrence the numbers, obviously. And Trevor Lawrence has not been good. No. And I think that's like when we talk about the Raiders this year, coming into the season, there was a lot about the offensive line, right? The Raiders didn't really build that up. And the offensive line has had more good moments than I expected, but it's still not a good offensive <laughs> line. The defense was not expected to be good. They've probably been maybe a little worse than expected. I think Chandler Jones not doing anything has sort of stuck out, but we kind of knew the defense wasn't going to be good. Derek Carr has been a bottom half of the league Mm -hmm. quarterback, and that's probably one of the biggest unacceptable things on this roster. When you build this roster out, or when you look at how they build this roster out, Derek Carr had to be a top 12 quarterback. Derek Carr probably had to be a top 10, top eight quarterback for them to have a legitimate season of contention for him to be pro football focus has Carr as the 25th best quarterback for him to be not even in the top 15. Th- this team's got did he, zero chance. Did he go? I'm looking at his PFF rankings from 14 to 25. Yes. It, they mean, had the worst offensive game of the season last week. It's, it's the worst game any offense has had. The entire season. That's a huge drop. So he cratered from 14th to 25th. But even if he was still 14th, 
that's still not really good enough given right. the build of the roster. That's but that's what I'm saying. He doesn't have any weapons. He doesn't have like a breakout wide receiver, one of the best tight ends in football. football. A, like, well, he actually hasn't had a, one of the best tight ends. A guy in whose literal nickname is Third and. <laughs> I mean, like you that's the type of people you need to build a successful offense, and Derek Carr just doesn't have that. So this game, I think it's we get oversimplistic with analyzing just quarterback play and breaking down wins and losses just based on quarterbacks. But I do think this is an interesting comparison in this because Lawrence is in his second year, struggles in year one under the mess that was Urban Meyer. Carr's in his ninth. Yeah, and in year two hasn't looked very good under Doug Peterson still. And Derek Carr's out here in his ninth season with a big new contract, and there's not a significant difference between the two. Trevor Lawrence, 32nd ranked by PFF. That's brutal, that's, by the way. That's awful. Like, he just hey, hasn't been any good. A, that means he's a top 32 quarterback in the league. Like, there's not, a, there's not a reason to give up on Trevor Lawrence because he's in his second, second year, year. But number one he's overall pick, ex, like, for three years at Clemson, it was Trevor Lawrence is the next great right. quarterback prospect. Next Andrew and, Luck. And there was no reason not to believe it. Did he? Have, I mean, what did he have? Like maybe one bad game at Clemson in three years? Yeah. Like he was incredible. He was, and then we probably fairly can throw away year one because Urban Meyer and the mess was that a that was. Lunatic. But now we're getting halfway into a second season under Doug Peterson and he doesn't actually no, he doesn't look, look good. very good. So I'm curious if you're Jacksonville, how... How long until you have to see something from Trevor Lawrence, right? Like they're, uh, they're, they're going to go in the next year with him going as the next starter. Year with him as the quarterback. Yeah, but like Wentz until the second year to start figuring it out. The system. That guy sucks. Though. I know, but Dougie P coached <laughs> him up won, and he almost he was on MVP conversation until he blew out his leg. And in then they Seattle. won the Super Bowl with another guy. Who I know, also but, can't st- start but the, the I'm just saying it takes him a second. The <laughs> I mean, the way of the visor Tua, needs to be uh, fermented. If the plan is, hey, can we get this guy to be Carson Wentz? You should give yeah, up on yeah, him yeah, now. Give up on him now. Sell him down the river. <laughs> but uh Tua, like it took Tua what four years? Like he had to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick as a closer. Yeah. Tua's still not even that good right now. Oh, my God. He's got the biggest separation in the league from his wide receivers. Like, the Miami offense so is not because is of Christian Tua. Christian Kirk to step up yes. for my fantasy team. <laughs> Christian Kirk needs to be Tyreek Hill. That's what needs yeah. to happen here for Trevor He's Lawrence. He's getting paid like it. And what? Travis Etienne. Maybe he can do that. He's but my fantasy team. But that's the, I think, one of the it's interesting parts well. is the quarterback <laughs> comparison. Um, one other part of this, because I've been talking about this for three or four weeks now. Can the Raiders win with the running game again? So Josh Jacobs had three straight games of 140 plus yards. They won two of those three. But last week, the offense was awful at everything. He only got 10 carries because they were never on the field. Ran for 43 yards. The Saints, though, were number one in EPA against the run going into that game. Jacksonville's only 17th in EPA against the run. Can they simply just win the game with Josh Jacobs getting 27 carries and running for 140 yards again? I don't think so because I think Jacksonville's going to score. I think, look what happened with Kamara last week, and ETN's kind of the same, you know, he, he can hurt you both ways. Uh, I know Lindsay is uh, begging for him to be better for her fantasy team. Please. Uh, what do you mean? He's been great, like, two weeks in a row. I've won one time. He's, he's, he's been Denver out there yeah. in Wembley. He got the first octopus of the season. He's been yeah. great two weeks in a row. Yeah. There's nothing holy in okay. Detroit. Genuine um, question. I don't think the – I don't – Believe, I don't think they can. I don't. Well, I was gonna say I don't believe Jacksonville has thrown it to Etienne as much as like the Saints throw to Camara, but I am gonna be fascinated to see 
do they put Denzel Perryman or Divine Diablo in man coverage straight up against Travis well, Etienne? We saw what happened with we saw what happened with Kamara when the linebackers were covering him. He got targeted nine times in that game, and what was it, six eight. of them? Oh, were, I thought it was eight out of nine where linebackers covered him. I think you're yeah yeah you're right because Rakiasen had one. You're right yeah. So eight of those nine linebackers were linebackers on him, and he was torched him. I mean every single time. Right. Was it's not like. It's not like there were Andy Dalton was threading the needle no. over Denzel Perryman's outstretched no. arm. It was just oh, Kamara changed directions and Denzel and the linebacker Perryman couldn't Denzel. linebacker couldn't yeah. keep up He's with him. He's open. They didn't realize he could run in two different directions on the same route. Right. So I'd be I'm fascinated to see if Jacksonville throws it to ETN very much. If the Raiders decide okay, Divine Diablo, Denzel Perryman, I think Blake Martinez got a couple of snaps against Kamara. I'm curious that, if there's any change of that. Blake or, Martinez was playing instead of Abram. Well, well. I mean, think of well. I mean, Blake, <laughs> Blake Martinez. The biggest uh, story we have in him are the Pokemon cards. <gasps> oh, yeah, what got, investor? Yeah, oh, he's got huge. one of the like the rarest ones. He's got yeah one on the worth planet. Oh, I got a holographic yeah. Charizard. I'm just waiting. It's the retirement plan. Some some. Not... I think it's the Pikachu Illustrator card or something. Yeah, is what he's it's got. Called. Uh, it's like, expensive. Oh yeah, there's not very many of them in the world. Single digits, I think. And he went and bought one because he likes it. All right, coming up next. We'll jump into some Golden Knights because they still can't lose. Did you from center? Wah banks it in toward Kolasar to give away. Carrier towards the net. Scores! Chips it home on the backhand. Vegas leads 5-1 with 9.46 to go in the second period. It's the press box with Brady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. By the way, we're going to have $900 that we're going to try to give away a little bit later this hour. Uh, we're begging for somebody to just pick three NFL games correctly. Nobody's no, done it no all spreads, no points, no nothing. Yeah. Just pick three winners and you get a lot of money. That's coming up a little bit later uh, this hour, so stay tuned. Uh, but last night, the Golden Knights won again. They beat Ottawa 5-4. to four. Can't lose. Now, they led 5-1 to one in the second period. Uh, this is actually probably the first time all season Vegas has won a game where they got outplayed or didn't deserve to win, right? We talked about how all their wins so far this year. So they hadn't gotten lucky until last night. Right. All their wins so far, they've been the better team for large parts of the game. So last night, Ottawa had a 62% Corsi and a 61% expected goals. Those are really high numbers. And Vegas still managed to win that game. Uh, It was the second highest expected goals allowed on the season by Vegas at 4.1. And the 46 shots that Ottawa took were a season high. A lot of momentum. Um, Pound sand. (laughs) That was a um, (laughs) that was a bad game. In terms of, like, we've talked a lot about their defensive strategy and and their defensive scheme being very good at limiting shots to the outside and not giving up very good chances. I believe that was just a blip, right? There's no reason to believe. it's a one-off. Yeah. Like, that also was probably the sloppiest game of the season. Like, uh, three Golden Knights goals were directly off of Ottawa turning it over in their own defensive Mm -hmm. zone. Correct. Three times that happened where either they passed it directly to Mark Stone in the slot or just whiffed on the puck while it was right by their skates. Uh, that was pretty bad. And then also Logan Tonsup gave, gave up a goal from center ice. Happens. Does it? Been there. Does it? Oh, yep. You've done it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> bad hop? Bad hops happen. And they're right in, in terms of not getting your body behind your your glove to make that save. That's what we're taught to always have a backup uh, just in case things go awry. But 
I mean, it's it's a harmless kind of dump and try, and sometimes those happen. I was more impressed that he was able to shut the door the rest of the first period and play really well. I thought Thompson played incredibly well last After night. After that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the second period got a little bit wonky. I think he could have had two of those, including the, the first one, but the other two goals, they're just great plays around the power play. And, I mean, I think the Golden Knights have been really sloppy through around their blue lines and throughout their neutral zone the last few games. It's just that last game, they were finally, the chickens were coming home to roost a little bit more. And it was the Ottawa Senators that yeah. got the Well, they're the upstart. They got a lot of good talent on that team. They're they're a sneaky pick for me to to push for the playoffs this year. Oh, mm-hmm. sneaky, sneaky pick! To sneaky push pick for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not going to say they're going to make it. You're just going to say. Well, they're pushed I I pick them to make it. I, I either them or Detroit. I think is going to make take a big step. But I, I would put more money on Ottawa just because of the leadership that they added in Claude Giroux. I love Tim Stutzel. Brady Tuchuk's a great captain. And then they got Alex Abrincat, who's a, a great little speedster. He used to play for the Blackhawks. And so there's plenty to like up there. All right. Goalie doesn't get to answer this question I'll right turn now. Off my mic, you, in a minute, you will. Ed, what's a funnier goal to watch somebody give up? The center ice shot that bounces over their shoulder? Or what was it? The third Ottawa goal that went just right between Logan Thompson's legs and sat in the crease. And he had no idea it was behind him for like three I seconds. Gotta, I, think, I think the longer shot. You think so? I think the, the bounce and just the... The buffoonery of that. The it's, buffoonery. It's pretty bad. The, oh here, here's the thing. I <laughs> made a mistake. The goal from center ice is funny. But it's very funny. I also don't think it's Logan Thompson's fault. Like, whatever. Lindsay's like, ah, get your body behind the glove. Whatever. Bad goals are going to happen. It's not a damn infield with dirt. The ice is supposed to be smooth and not have five-foot bounces from the puck. The I always love when goalies think they've made a save and they freeze and the puck's sitting behind them and they don't realize it. And they don't know it's there. I, I think it's one well, of the funniest things freeze. in sports. We're taught to freeze. It makes more yeah. sense. But I think it's one of the funniest things in sports. when you're Because you're watching on TV and you can see the puck, but they can't. It's hilarious. I mean, it's not super hilarious. It but is. It's, oh, it's great. It's fine. Goalies messing These up These are things that have funny. happened to you. All of these things. Yeah. I've been scored on every which way. I've been scored on from further out from the center line. I've really? Been, oh, yeah. There's a you distinct... You got scored on oh, when it was I icing? was like in U10. It was going to be icing? To be fair, this is... Hannah Brandt shot it, and she's a, a gold Hannah medalist Hannah now. Branch. And so now it's 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 not that big of a deal. But I remember I just... She was icing the puck down, and I just thought, I'll just whack it out of the way. I don't need to stop it and then move it. I'll just one-time it with the back of my stick, and oh, I missed. Oh, you missed it. And it's... Those are lessons you have to learn, just like how there's one of my goalie teammates. He's like, you know what would be a really good idea? Just to lay down across the goal mouth. That will stop you. And he did that in mites, and then he got scored on four times, and he never did that again. How good was Hannah Brown? Hannah Brandt. Oh, Hannah, Hannah Brandt. Brandt. Hannah well, Brandt. She, she's a gold medalist. Well, she scored from beyond center ice, yeah. so she must be I, pretty I'm not good. She's a gold medalist? She's a, she's a U.S. Olympian gold medalist. Where'd she go to she'll school? be Wisconsin? University of Minnesota. Close She'll be here Minnesota? in a couple, couple those are weeks. Like, those are like the same thing. USA and Canada are playing here at uh, Dollar Loan Center in a couple weeks. I'll be there. You'll be there? Oh, yeah. I got a few friends. And she'll be there. Absolutely. She's on the team. Will you ask her about that goal? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've told her about it. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm the reason why you've taken the steps that you have, but I got to be part of the journey. <laughs> you boosted her career moment. There, there are plenty of people on that team where I've boosted their confidence during the summer. <laughs> they have a plenty to thank me for. Um, Ed, do you think uh, University of Wisconsin <laughs> and University of Minnesota are basically the same thing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. They just flip yeah. the W they and just, the M. Yeah. They're like the same logo. You guys are the worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, really. Wisconsin, Minnesota. Wisconsin. It's all the same. Oh, God. Right, Lindsay? Yeah, I, I guess. It's pretty identical. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure I stay with all the buttons here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On the other side with Ottawa, and I thought this was fascinating, Cam Talbot. 
hadn't played a game this year. Um, he's coming back from a rib injury. I think that was the first game he was active. Yep, yep. As the backup, uh, Cam Talbot's Ottawa got Cam Talbot in the offseason, supposed to be the number one goalie, but he was injured uh, coming into the season. Anton Forsberg gives up five goals in basically the first half of the game, and they pull him. Mm-hmm. And Cam Talbot first appearance of the season is middle of a second period. Teams given up five goals. That seems like a weird time to bring in your big offseason signing. It's the perfect time. It's the perfect time. It was the perfect time because he was gonna he was gonna start the next game anyways. And at that point, there's no pressure for him. Like he could give up two goals and it wouldn't matter. But actually, he was great. He was lasered in, and he almost uh, inspired a total comeback. And so there, you're. There Did is nothing but good things. That? That, that, you Brett can't Howden's say he, he made a couple <laughs> of really good glove saves and and calm things down. And sometimes it's just there's a little bit of a mental change that could happen. Well, he hasn't played, so we have to lock it down in the middle a little bit more. Then you get a couple more bounces that go your way, and all of a sudden, hell yeah, you're riding the momentum like the lightning. It's, Was there it's a, a windmill? There, I don't think no. no he, he he's not a windmiller. He's well. a, he he sticks oh, to the business. Bad. I think Logan Thompson was going to windmill that one from center ice, and then he missed it. <laughs> <laughs> he has the propensity to embellish, and that's okay. God, that's what I want to see. A goalie try to windmill one and just miss it. <laughs> From center ice. Oh, yeah. Just completely miss it, and then you see the windmill. Uh-oh, he missed that one. Uh, so you like bringing in a goalie for his first game of the season in that scenario. Why not? Yeah, I don't Forsberg's think you're getting lit up. I don't think Get him wrong. out of there before it causes uh, too much trauma there, and just get him a few minutes, and he, and he could play as free as he possibly could and he ended up playing better and, and the he's no probably, pressure situation makes yeah, a lot of sense and and he's going to have that confidence uh and and that kind of reemergence already taken care of so i think he'll be better off in the next game when he actually starts no pressure until it's five to four oh. he played in a one goal hockey game but now he got his feet wet though you know he, now it's he's, not, just, he's not a rookie oh I, but you have to get end. your timing back like it's not the same in practice in, in terms of like what you're asking your eyes to do tracking wise how how you're moving throughout your crease it's just a different tep, uh level of urgency how come ottawa didn't ride that momentum to at least a point they were close but not but not enough not enough. Like, well, let's uh, say they should have pulled Forsberg a goal earlier than I guess. They should have. They should have just pulled the goalie, period, and yeah. just not played just with one. Just go six skaters. Why not? Yeah. I mean, they lost. My dad tried to do that one time because I was playing so bad. Oh, that's good. That's a good <laughs> Are you job. serious? He's like, he's like yeah, we're better off with six skaters. That, Are you I serious? Think, I think that it was like awesome. three or four nothing after the first period, and then we ended up rallying to win. Your but, father? Yep. That's good coaching. Uh, facts. Yeah, I'm on board Practice makes that. permanent. All right. Coming up next, Ben Brown joins the show. Bills. Signals for Moore to come right to left. Mills is back. Here comes the rush. He steps up. He throws. And it is intercepted. It is intercepted. It's Gardner Johnson. Johnson down the left sideline and takes it to the 15. Mills is stepping up. He's hit. Goodbye. They've got him. And it's Hargrave again. Empty backfield. Back goes Mills. He's hit. He's sacked. Again at Hargrave at the 22. And the clock continues to tick. Bill back. Bill steps up. Bill's firing. Interception! That'll do it! Eagles win the race now that the penalty slides down. As Bradbury came up with the interception, who's the penalty against? Let's see. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. All right, Ben, I have an important question for you. Would you say that Wisconsin and Minnesota are kind of the same thing? Sorry, can you say that one more time? Would Would you say that Wisconsin and Minnesota are basically the same thing? The schools, too. I would say completely opposite. Oh. I mean, <laughs> the 
Minnesota still very much has uh, so many factors that make it so much better than Wisconsin. Outside of outside of the Packers, uh, I think Minnesota is like far and away uh, the much better state overall. I would say in every conceivable power ranking, that's for sure. I think they're the same though, right? Like it's, this is kind of like North and South Dakota. Like nobody would really, if you just got dropped off in the middle of either one of the states, you wouldn't know the difference. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the the Midwest is obviously very near and dear to Midwest people's hearts, but it's all flyover country to the people on the coast, and we get that. And I understand it. I mean, I I think North and South Dakota are the exact same place. I think you know Iowa and every other and Nebraska are the exact same place. So it's. It's unfortunate. I definitely live, you know, in flyover country, but there are some perks if people ever want to visit. Just don't visit from, you know, October through April or something like that, I would say. So. All right. Um, I do want to ask you this. We've talked a lot about your uh, wins above replacement you guys have, or excuse me, the points against the spread that you guys have uh, for every player at Pro Football Focus. I'm curious, after the trade deadline, did any team stick out as having added the most uh, to their individual point spread every week? That's a good. That is a really good question. I should have had that. Um, I should have had that thought prepared. The ones that I actually really like, uh, and, and a little bit of bias is obviously going to be baked into this, but I do like uh, quite a bit the, the trade that the Minnesota Vikings made, not only to get T.J. Hawkinson, but the fact that they did get some of these conditional draft picks back as well. I didn't think they gave up a whole lot for a guy that I very much view as you know a, a top five tight end type talent. You know, at the position both from a cast pass catching and run blocking perspective. And I think that there's an interesting shift that we are kind of seeing. I know that, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders specifically aren't, aren't really buying into it, but I do think some of these sharper teams, the teams like the Ravens, uh, you know, and, and maybe the Vikings can start to kind of fit into there, but there is maybe a little bit of a market inefficiency, you know, comparing tight ends to, you know, wide receiver two type play. Right. And I think with that, you know, kind of market exploded in a lot of ways where guys like Christian Kirk are getting, you know, $18, $19 million a year. It can make sense to, you know, maybe pay up for uh, a top five tight end at the position, especially if he can be, you know, the number two receiving option for your team. And I think that we might see that be, you know, more of a macro shift. So I do, I did like that deal quite a bit. I also think, you know, the, the Robert Quinn trade for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think makes a lot of sense. And I do think that, you know, obviously he hasn't been there from, you know, our war metric this year, but he's very much been a guy that can be a situational edge rusher and be very successful in that situation. So I like them, you know, maybe not necessarily, you know, totally going all in with like a Bradley Chubb type trade like the Miami Dolphins did. So I do think there is, you know, value in some of these edge players that are veterans, getting them on reduced contracts for not very much money uh, and kind of expecting them to be a pretty key situational piece kind of down the stretch. So I like that approach much more from the Eagles than, you know, I like kind of like the Dolphins going all in with that Bradley Chubb situation and having to pay him, you know, top of the market money here after this year. Could you have seen the Raiders coming in New Orleans and that pathetic performance? Now you turn around and they're, they're, they're laying one and a half to Jacksonville, their favorite again. Yeah, I mean it's this is very much you know for a two and five team this is this is kind of it for the Raiders right I think that you know from PFF's perspective we have them you know as as a slightly better team we do show you know a little bit of value on them at you know one and a half point uh, spread and I do think that they very much need to win this game and they need to play really well and I think that you know when you factor in some of the the rest situations with Jacksonville coming back from London not really having you know any sort of buy type in between that performance and traveling and everything else like 
this is very much a game that the Raiders should win. They should be expected to win. And I agree with the spread. And I think that now it just comes down to, you know, uh, are the Raiders actually going to show up here and be productive offensively? Are they going to have Darren Waller, you know, back in the fold? And if he's back in the fold, does that open up things for Devontae Adams? And I think that, you know, those two questions are, are very much going to be, you know, the reason for why the Raiders either win or don't win uh, here on Sunday. Wait, that's a point I hadn't thought about. Why do the Jags not have a bye week after playing in London? I thought everybody got a bye week after playing in overseas. So it's been a little bit of a, uh, um, I think, like a choice more up to those specific teams. So we have okay. seen, you know, you know, in the last two years, we have seen some teams basically choose uh, to kind of like push out their bye to a different week just because they, you know, kind of want to deal with the London situation. So, but actually, I, I don't think any one of the teams that hasn't had a bye and come back the next week after London has covered. So I think that, you know, it, it's obviously a small sample size, small trend, but. Um, you know, this is very much a situation that the Raiders kind of have everything, I would say, kind of pointed in their direction. So, I uh, want to ask you, because everyone's talking about the Eagles, but and we've got Lindsay in here, she'll want to know this question. How, where do you guys have the Vikings ranked? How good do you think the Vikings are? They're laying three at Washington this week. Yeah, I I personally think they're, um, you know, probably better than even where, like, our power rankings metric has them right now. We have them um, as the eighth-best team uh, in the NFL, uh, I would say fourth best team in the NFC, but um, I think there's reasons for why they could be, you know, just as good as San Francisco. I think defensively, uh, they very much, I would say, are are on the older edge of the spectrum at both pass rushing position and coverage unit, especially since some of the younger guys that they, you know, drafted to kind of bring in and be, you know, a little bit of a replacement uh, for some of their veteran guys have gotten hurt, unfortunately, with like Louis Sign, uh, you know, essentially done for the year. So I'm concerned more about, you know, them defensively, but I think offensively, especially with the addition of TJ Hawkinson, they can kind of score with anybody in the NFL. I think Kevin O'Connell is definitely pushing a lot of the right buttons with Kirk Cousins at quarterback, you know, balanced offense. I think they have the best non-quarterback in the NFL still with Justin Jefferson. And I think that, you know, those pieces kind of coming together and coming together quickly speaks to Kevin O'Connell, I would say, being, uh, you know, a well above average play caller. When you have that with a guy that's definitely putting, you know, the, the pieces in place in the right position, I think that they can be successful. So uh, I think, you know, maybe outside of Philadelphia and Dallas, the Vikings are very much in that next tier. And I think, you know, once you get to that one game playoff setting, uh, they're easily a team that can definitely make some noise if they do continue to kind of make a lot of these right decisions in game. Ben Brown with us from Pro Football Focus. Uh, if you were betting on an individual game, of where the Eagles lose first, which one would you pick? That is, that is a good question. I mean, it's, you know, week in and week out, it's obviously tough to see where they actually lose, but I think it's got to be, um, you know, Christmas Eve in Dallas, you know, 325 PM game, 425 or 125, I guess, for the, the Pacific time. But I think Dallas is actually, you know, matches up very well for against the Eagles when they kind of have Dak Prescott in the fold. I think the Eagles are really good almost punching down to lower competition in a lot of ways with a really dominant, you know, offensive line that can kind of play bully ball uh, and defensively, you know, they, they kind of have the same mentality on the, along the defense line as well. But I think, you know, the Cowboys specifically, especially with their front four, very much could impact that game. Uh, and maybe I would say tip the scales a little bit in the trenches. And if that happens, I think the Cowboys kind of have, you know, uh, at least enough playmakers along the outside with CeeDee Lamb. I think Dak Prescott, 
I would still probably consider to be, you know, a better, at least top end quarterback outcome uh, than what Jalen Hurts we've seen so far. I think the DAC of like the 2019 and early 2020 seasons is still better than what we've seen from Jalen Hurts so far. So maybe if you want to tilt, you know, the Cowboys with the quarterback situation a little bit in their favor, I think the Cowboys could definitely pull off uh, the victory there. It's obviously very hard to go you know, undefeated during the regular season. I think our percentages and our simulation have it right around like 3.94% of the time uh, the Eagles actually get through. And, you know, they have, I would say, a very easy path in order to get there. It's just so hard to string that many wins together every single week. So is, we'll see. It's, it's, it's going to be a very interesting question here over the rest of the season. Is it still harder to go 0-17 in that league? <laughs> I think so. I mean, the, 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 the parity, I mean, they're both very difficult. That is a really good question, though. I wonder... Um, I think there's probably some ways of looking at it. I personally believe it's probably harder to go 0-17, especially if you're not trying to lose every single game uh, in some sort of take, tanking matter. But, yeah, it's it's very difficult to do both. And I do think that, you know, the league has, you know, compressed so much more towards the mean that we, you know, maybe kind of have, you know, one or two good teams. But outside of that, it's it's very much weak to weak, weak league, at least as far as, like, who can compete with who. And I think, you know, in some ways we saw that, uh, you know, last night, even with an Eagles team that I think everyone would consider as the second best team in the NFL, you know, the Texans were kind of in that game for a majority of it. And if they don't get that, you know, interception from Davis Mills, if a couple other things don't break correctly for the Eagles, you know, the Texans could have even had a shot at maybe winning that game at the end. So I think that, you know, the parody that exists so much kind of pulls so many of those, you know, those tail events uh, much more towards the mean, I would say, in so many situations. If you needed to go three and zero for nine hundred dollars, do you think you could? No points, I think so. no spread, no spread, just straight uh, yes. money line, basically pick them yeah. up. Yeah. I think, I think so. Do I, do I have to do it this week, or can I choose the week that I have? To? Okay, hold on. To explain what's happening here, we give away a hundred dollars, or try to give away a hundred dollars every week, and we just pick three NFL games, and we have a caller who tries to pick the winners of all three. And if they don't win, it rolls over. And nobody has won this week or this year. So we are up to $900 that we're about to try to give away. Um, Just quickly, give me your winners of these three games. Raiders at Jags. Okay. I'll go Raiders. I'm going with them for sure. I already already bet them. I like the Raiders here. All right. We tried to put an easy one in here. Bills at Jets. Bills, I'll take that. I'll take that. And then Rams at Bucks. I'll go Bucks. All right, I'll take the Buccaneers. All right, we're gonna you, got, you got Raiders, Bills, and Bucks. You can't win nine hundred. You're not eligible, but we're gonna see if you. Beat I'm the not person. eligible, but I'm tracking this picks to make sure. So, so those are uh, Ben's picks. If anybody listening wants to steal those, he is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. Ben, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ben. Have a great show. So there's Ben, and now it's time. I it's, would just uh, copy the picks. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's what that guy pick. I'm taking those. It's Friday football frenzy. Sponsored by Dollar Loan Center. There's $900. You could win $900 just by picking the winner of those three NFL games. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. That's 702-364-1100. We'll take the fourth caller right now at 702-364-1100. You'll have a shot to win $900. I think throughout OTAs and throughout training camp, we could see the potential that we had um, as a team, offensively and defensively. We're not afraid to talk about Super Bowls here. Um, we're not afraid to talk about going to a playoff game, um, having the opportunity to, to go to one, and then you know, hopefully winning one. 
Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. It is Friday Football Frenzy, sponsored by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of their 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. We are trying to give away $900. we got 100 bucks every week, but it rolls over if nobody wins and nobody has won this year. So we're into $900. We've got Jason on the phone. All right, Jason, we got three games for you. If you correctly pick the winners of these three games... You will win $900 thanks to Dollar Loan Center. Your first game, Raiders at Jags. Well, against my better judgment, uh, I'm probably going to go with the Raiders, I guess. <laughs> Second game for you, <laughs> Bills at Jets. Uh, go with Buffalo. And your final game, the Rams at the Buccaneers. So the the football expert you had on picked the Rams, right? Uh, no, he picked no, the Bucs. No, he picked the Bucks. Oh, good, because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go against that guy, but I'll, I'll go with Tampa also. Okay, right. Raiders, Bills, Bucks. If all three of those teams win, Jason, you'll win $900. Good luck, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Uh, thanks, guys. So, Jason's got a shot at 900 bucks. Uh, if, I, this is it. This is it. Oh, look at you. Red You're all excited. If he does ring. win, he gets 900 bucks, and next week, we still have $100 to give away. Yes. If he does not win... Oh, we will have $1,000 to give away next week. So Raiders, Bills, Buccaneers, those are the three teams Jason has picked. It's Friday Football Frenzy, sponsored by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of their 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. All right, Thursday night football. The Eagles beat the Texans last night. They are off to their first 8-0 start in franchise history. I thought an impressive stat was that the Eagles have won the turnover battle in every game this season. Also makes me think they're going to lose soon because you don't usually win the turnover battle in every single game. Okay. I liked also Ben Brown's uh, prediction. You know, you know, my favorite team. The I Cowboys. Love, I would love that to be the game. And it would be what? Christmas Eve. So you're talking they'd be 13, 12, 13 and 0? Uh, let's see. They're 8. Yes, 14 and 0. 14 and 0. Oh, yeah. what a win it would be. Uh I believe they lose before then, even though I don't know which team is actually going to be exactly. there. Cuz here their schedule. Their next games here. They're going to host Washington. They go to Indy. They host Green Bay. Green Bay hasn't been very good, but I feel like we're all kind of like, well, Aaron Rodgers might turn it around, right? No. <laughs> they host Tennessee, who is uh, five and two at the moment. They've got a good record. Then they go to the Giants, go to Chicago, go to Dallas. So not only is that Dallas game in Dallas on Christmas Eve, it's three straight road games for them. They finish up with New Orleans and then a home game against the Giants. That is uh, ESPN has their FPI metric. The Eagles are favored to win every game except for that game at Dallas. At Dallas. Yeah, they had like a 46% chance to win at Dallas. And that's the only one that's under 50. I think it's the only one under 60%. Uh, for the Eagles the rest of the way. So is it is it I mean, genuine at 8-0 to be talking about can they go 17-0? Oh, nine more is a lot. Yeah. Nine more is a lot. I don't I don't think it's genuine yet. What it get with, to double digits. So like 10-0, 11-0, yeah, that's get to when double digits the conversation start, becomes real. The conversation becomes real. Yeah, I, I think so too because they're not, not even halfway. They got to do right. better basically when nine straight 
to get than, there than at this point. So and the far. anniversary season, it kind of shapes up narrative-wise, right? Didn't they just have the 50-year anniversary of the last perfect team just a couple weeks ago? Is it? Se- yeah, it, is. it was 72, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the boys haven't had their champagne yet. No, the Eagles are ruining it. The Eagles ruining are ruining it for, it for them. They're ruining right. the champagne. They got the ping pong yeah. table back, though. I kind of, I maybe it's because I, I uh, am younger, but I, I feel like popping champagne when the last team loses it feels kind of pretentious. <laughs> kind <Yes>. of, <laughs> kind of, uh, yes. But I also, but no, I would do that. I'd one hundred percent do that. No doubt about it. If I was on a team and I was the only undefeated, I would do that. So it's pretentious, but I'm on board. <laughs> If I, oh yeah, Did you just come uh, yeah, I, yeah. I changed my opinion. I like celebrations. If I, 50 years later, oh yeah, I'd be like, you're damn right. We're the only team that's gone undefeated the whole way. I'd be popping champagne too. Easily. Oh yeah. I could see you they should that. celebrate. I yeah, would, I could see you doing that. I would go to every Eagles game the rest of the season and cheer for and them cheer to for lose. The and then when they lose wearing your Miami Dolphins oh, absolutely. Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they lose, I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah. Make that's what I'm doing. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. That'd be fun. I'd be I'd be on board yeah. with that. Um, so do you think you asked Ben the question, seventeen and zero or zero and seventeen? I think it's harder to go zero uh, and seventeen. We have seen an zero and sixteen. Yeah. God, there's so many bad teams though. It is. There's there is a there's lot so of incompetence in the NFL, and you're going to play a lot of incompetence. Yeah. I mean, even teams that aren't necessarily that bad have games like the Raiders had last yes, week. Exactly. I mean, the Saints just had to step on the field with 11 guys and they won the game last week. So there's enough incompetence that it is pretty difficult to go. Really difficult, I think, to lose every game in that league. I wish we had both. I wish we had Owen. I wish we had a team. You mean an O team right now? Yeah, yeah. I wish we had it like late in the season, like 14 and O versus Owen 14. Oh. That'd be tremendous. And the Owen 14 team win, obviously. Yeah. That'd be tremendous. I story wouldn't be good if they didn't. Be great. Like the Eagles losing last night would have been funny to the Texans. Because they kind of suck. But if they were a winless team, be even better that yeah. way. So, Eagles, 17-0. Dolphins don't get to celebrate. 50-year-old Dolphins don't get to celebrate.